courses and textbooks encourage narrow but advanced proficiency in Chinese. But if you want to be able to communicate well, you need to see through the illusion of advanced learning. Hello and welcome to the Hacking Chinese podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about the illusion of advanced learning or the effect that some courses and textbooks will make you feel like you've reached an advanced level, whereas in fact you have not. And this can be rather painful when the illusion shatters. So today we're going to look at what this means, what is the illusion and what can you do about it. To explain what the illusion is about, let's use an analogy and say that learning Chinese is like parachuting into a foreign country at night. So you land and you set up camp and gradually you can explore your immediate surroundings. As you study and learn more, you learn enough Chinese to survive. But then something strange happens. Urged on by language courses, textbooks and sometimes teachers, you identify a mountain peak at the horizon and start walking towards it, rather than, say, explore the landscape closer to your base camp first. As you get further from where you started, the terrain becomes more difficult and then even hostile. Progress is agonizingly slow, but with perseverance you win through and reach the top of the mountain. Congratulations! Then you look back down at the landscape and you realize that you know almost nothing about it. You only know the exact path to this mountain, but if you stray from the path, you'll be hopelessly lost. In fact, there are large areas and important landmarks close to where you landed that you haven't even explored yet, and yet you are on this mountaintop so far away. So the illusion of advanced learning is what happens when you follow a course or a textbook series where you will learn ever more advanced words, more advanced grammar and so on, but your knowledge will become extremely narrow. After doing this for a few semesters and maybe you've reached the last book in your textbook series, you'll be able to read fairly advanced texts. But this is only because the textbook authors have been very good at preparing you for those texts or because those texts have been written by an author who knows exactly which words you do know and which you don't know. If you read another text about a different topic but at the same general difficulty level, you might not understand anything because you were not prepared for that. So in other words, you're able to perform these difficult tasks in Chinese, but nothing related to them because your ability is too narrow. The illusion is created if you're doing this too much, maybe relying on your course or textbook too much, and you think that being able to read a difficult text late in a textbook series actually means that you're able to read this type of text, even if it were written by somebody else or about a different topic. But this is rarely the case. I have encountered this illusion as a student myself, and I've also seen it in many students that I've coached or teached over the years. You might of course not have encountered it exactly in this manner, but I think that this problem is common enough that it merits a more in-depth discussion. Some concrete examples might involve someone who has passed a fairly advanced level of HSK but are unable to communicate in Chinese, and this I've encountered many times. You can also have someone who has studied, say, all five books in a certain textbook series and they are able to read the difficult text at the end, but then when they try to read something outside of the textbook, even if it contains easier words and in general is easier, they still can't do it because they have mostly spent their time in their textbooks and these textbooks tend to just make things more difficult and build up to more advanced things way too quickly. 
You can see this in many aspects of the language, maybe vocabulary is the easiest one to talk about. So for example, some textbooks contain very advanced words, even fairly early in the textbook, but then even at the very end, when you have gone through everything these textbook authors have to teach you, you still lack some very basic words that just haven't been taught. And instead of those words, you were taught other words that you might never use or that are way too advanced for your level in general. Long-time listeners might recall that in episode 64 we talked about why your Chinese isn't as good as you think it ought to be, and that episode was about the realization that after you have completed a course or something like that, your Chinese maybe isn't as good as you think it ought to be, and if you have had that feeling, I strongly suggest you check out that episode where I try to analyze what the problem might be. So let's talk a little bit more about learning Chinese being like parachuting into a foreign country. And then of course learning the language is akin to exploring this foreign landscape. So your knowledge of Chinese can then be described by a two-dimensional map, which can be simplified to just a circle. In the middle of the circle is where you started your base camp, and then as you move further away things become less common and more difficult. So more advanced topics, words, grammar and so on are further away from the center of the circle. You can also move in another direction, namely around the circle, but at the same distance from the middle. This would then represent different topics, different content, different language, which is at the same difficulty or frequency level, but which is simply about different things. So if you think of a typical, say, intermediate textbook, you might have different topics, say going shopping, you might have sports, you might have something else. And these would then be arranged around the circle because they are roughly on the same level, but they are clearly about different things. So one feature of this model is that the further away from the center you get, the longer the circumference of the circle becomes. So there is only one way of knowing nothing, but when you're a beginner and have learned at least a little bit, there are several things you could have focused on, but still you don't have that much choice because there are some things you simply have to learn first. You can't really get very far without basic verbs and pronouns and so on, for example. The further you move from the center though, the larger the area becomes you need to cover within a certain distance from the center. So if you want to explore everything within 100 meters, that's not too difficult. But if you want to go twice as far, the area you need to cover doesn't double, but rather increases with the square of the distance from your base camp. I think this also matches our everyday experience of learning languages, because as a beginner there are a few topics you need to be able to cover, and then there are some more of course when you get an intermediate level, but then when you reach an advanced level, the number of things you need to learn kind of explodes, and this is of course why it takes much longer to go from being an intermediate learner to an advanced learner than it takes to, say, go from a beginner to an intermediate learner. And this is true regardless of how you choose to measure beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and so on. If we stick with the Central European Framework of Reference for Languages, and that's the A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2 system, then, of course, reaching A1 is fairly easy, reaching A2 is more difficult, but then going to B1 is much, much harder. The step is enormous compared to that from A1 to A2. And then, of course, going from B1 to B2 is even bigger, and from B2 to C1, that's enormous. And then approaching an educated native speaker level at C2 might take a lifetime. 
And of course, in that time, you could have learned a dozen languages to a lower level instead of just increasing from C1 to C2 in one language. The point here is that the circle illustrates this fact rather well, so the further away you get, the more advanced the language is, and the more there is to cover. This, I guess, would be even more effective if it was illustrated with a sphere, or a hypersphere even, but I don't think that would be very intuitive, and it would also be very hard to illustrate. So in the written article on Hacking Chinese, I have two simple drawings that I made to illustrate what's going on here. So if you're following a textbook series and do nothing else, then you might very well succumb to the illusion of advanced learning, and in a circular diagram then, that will mean that you cover most things at the very basic level, because like I said, there isn't that many topics to cover, and you will kind of stumble upon them even if you don't do it in the textbook. Then you will cover a little bit less percentage-wise on the intermediate level, there will be some things you cover, but there will be many topics you just skip because the textbook simply doesn't cover this. And then when you get to the more advanced topics, you skip almost everything, and you get fairly far away from the center, you do reach that mountain, you can read some very difficult texts in the last textbook in the series, but like I said earlier, this doesn't mean that you can deal with other texts on a similar level, because your textbook hasn't prepared you for those. I think this problem is largely created by formal learning resources, such as courses and textbooks, and also to a lesser extent by teachers who are shaped by the educational system in which they work. I also think this sometimes happens with students, because you focus on something and you think, yes, I want measurable progress, I want to work my way through this textbook or this level of HSK or something, and you forget that this is actually a rather poor measurement of your Chinese ability, and you really shouldn't use HSK as a roadmap for learning Mandarin. If you haven't checked it out already, we talked about the dangers of using HSK as a roadmap in episode 129. The surprising thing here is the large number of institutions that actually contribute to the illusion. And this is true for formal education at universities and so on, but it's also true for private companies like language schools. An example might be a rule that says that students have to finish a certain number of chapters in a semester, and that finishing a chapter, whatever that means, is somehow equated to learning Chinese. And if you don't use a good measurement if someone has actually finished a chapter, this can be very bad. For example, if you're only doing tingxie or dictation to check if somebody knows what's in a chapter, you're only checking some basic vocabulary knowledge, and this is not the same thing as mastering the stuff that's in the textbook. The idea that we've finished chapter 5 and therefore all the students know everything that's in chapter 5 is, frankly speaking, rather ludicrous. I've been a fairly diligent student in the courses that I've taken, and I knew far from everything in the chapters that we studied, and I mostly made sure that I knew the things I was supposed to know and the things that we were tested on. This is also where students come in, because we do have some responsibility ourselves here to not just float along and do whatever people tell us to do. We also want to learn the language for our own good, and this is something I have talked about before, namely in episode 108, so I won't go on about it again here. There are of course many reasons why schools might do this, uh, for example they need some way to organize and coordinate their different courses, 
So if one teacher goes through a textbook twice as fast as somebody else, well, that can create some problems. But of course, going through a textbook twice as fast as somebody else doesn't mean you're learning twice as fast. It doesn't mean anything. Flipping pages is not what teaches you the language. I also imagine that sometimes schools can be incentivized to show that students make progress or that they score a certain number of points on HSK after studying a certain number of semesters or that after you've done this, you will have finished this textbook series, hence you will be an advanced learner or something like that. So what are we going to do about all this? Well, we probably can't fix the system itself, but being aware of the problem is a good start. Then you should of course take responsibility for your own learning, like I just said, and there are a couple of things you should do. To begin with, and this should be rather obvious by now, the illusion only appears if you stick very closely to a textbook series or a course. So if you're doing lots of extracurricular learning or just independent studying, this is not an issue. And if you're using tons of materials not from your textbook, you will encounter stuff that your textbook doesn't cover, and hence you will explore the landscape closer to your base camp, and you will build a solid foundation you can build more advanced skills on later. So let's look at a few concrete examples of what you can do. And like I said, the first thing you should do is to leave the classroom. As soon as you listen to real people or read what real people have written, you will immediately realize that your textbook is not enough. There are so many other things you need to learn. And I'm not saying that there are so many more difficult things to learn, because obviously there are always more things to learn and more complex topics to cover. I'm saying that there are so many more things at your level or below that your textbook simply doesn't cover. When you communicate with real people, you will also quickly realize if you've missed something very basic, because if you can't say it, or if you don't understand when somebody else says it, well, then maybe you overlooked something that was more important than reaching that faraway mountaintop. Another suggestion, which we talked more about in episode 95, is using more than one textbook. And this is an easy way to broaden your vocabulary and make sure you cover things on the same level but which your ordinary textbook didn't cover. So for example, you are studying one textbook in class and you get hold of a second series of textbooks and you study that one on the side. It will go through mostly the same things because as I've said, there aren't that many ways you can be a beginner or even lower intermediate learner, but then there will be differences. It will take different paths away from the center of the circle. And that means that you will have a larger area covered when you get to the intermediate level. Naturally, you can do this with more than two textbooks as well, but as we shall see, there are also other solutions. The next one is using graded readers and other reading materials. So the illusion of advanced learning really only occurs if you're reading things where the authors know exactly what you know. So if you just pick random reading material online, maybe it's a story for beginners, maybe it's a podcast transcript, maybe it's a graded reader, maybe it's something else. Well, the authors there certainly don't know exactly what you know, because they don't know what textbook you used, and they don't know what your teacher you have, and what other vocabulary you might have learned, and so on. Well, of course, they have some guess because they know your level, or at least they label their reading material with some kind of level, but you will still encounter lots of language that you weren't familiar with and that your textbook didn't cover. So simply reading more extensively, reading more broadly is great. Next, you should of course do the same thing for listening. And here again, as long as the people who have created the podcast or whatever it is you're listening to don't know exactly what you know, 
then listening more will expose you to a broader range of language. Finally, if you want to tackle this problem more directly, you can also use frequency lists. So you take a list of, say, the most common characters or words, and you use it to plug holes in your vocabulary. And I mean plug holes here as in looking at what you ought to know and filling in things you've missed. So if you are an intermediate learner, that means that you can look at beginner-friendly lists and see if you missed anything there. It doesn't mean that you should just take a list suitable for intermediate learners and start learning from that list. I did discuss this in more detail in episode 140, which was about if you should use lists to learn vocabulary in Chinese, and the general answer is no, you shouldn't, but this is an exception to that rule that I also explored in that episode. Let's wrap this episode up by saying that having finished a certain textbook actually says almost nothing about how good your Chinese is, and even if you have the certificate with the word advanced on it, that means little as well. It's possible to achieve these things by focusing rather narrowly, which is what the illusion is about and what we talked about in this episode. I've met students who look like they are advanced on paper, but then struggle even with basic conversations. On the other hand, I've also met students who struggle with proficiency tests and don't care much about textbooks, but still are really good at communicating in Chinese. You probably want to be in the second group here if you have to choose, although I know that there are some people who study Chinese mostly for their grades, but I'm also guessing that those people probably aren't listening to this podcast. Actually, I did cover how to get good grades when studying Chinese in an article with that title, and I'll put a link in the description, but I think most listeners would prioritize proficiency in the language over a stamp or a number or something on a piece of paper. Naturally, these two are not mutually exclusive. You can, of course, learn Chinese and get good grades, but as anyone who has been involved in university education knows, there is rarely perfect alignment between the goals for your course and how these goals are assessed and what you as an individual want to learn. So while not mutually exclusive, they can certainly be in conflict with each other. Thank you for tuning in to the Hacking Chinese podcast. If you like this episode, please share it. More information and inspiration about learning and teaching Chinese can be found at hackingchinese.com. See you in the next episode, and until then, good luck with your studies!